while you're yet standing, if you would, read, take your Bibles. And we're going to be continuing today in part two of what we started last week called The Anguish of Getting There. From the book of Joshua, chapter one, verses one through nine. And when you have that, please say, I have arrived. Now you're gonna keep me low, right? You give me something. That's it. Glory. <clears throat> Are you ready, people of God? Yes. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place, how many places? Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And the word of the Lord is blessed. You may have your seats. I love the word of God. It is nourishment to my spiritual man and health to my natural man. I am strengthened by the word of God. I am encouraged by the word of God. 
But the fact that I'm strengthened and encouraged mean that there is something God wants me to do. It means that there is somewhere God wants me to go. Otherwise, what is the point of having strength or being encouraged or even having courage? There is something more that God has for you to do. There is a place that I refer to as there. It is a place that is in front of you. The place that you're traveling to. Sometimes the route to the place called there is not always direct. Every now and then we've got to take a detour. Every now and then we have to go up some hills and down to the valley and around the side. We have to go through some things all to get to the place called there. There, there. What is your there? What is it that you believe lies in your future that God wants for you, that God wants to give to you, that God wants to do for you? What is your there? Mm. And so we are ministering in part two from the subject that we started on last week called the anguish of getting there. The anguish of getting there. One would think that because God told us to go or that there's a place, a better place that God has for us, one would think that the journey should be easy. That there should be no issues or concerns because after all, God did tell me to get there. But in fact, there will be trouble. Yes. There will be struggles. But troubles and struggles, all of these things have point. They actually have merit. They serve for a reason to make you strong so that when you get into the place called there, not only will you be there, but you will be able to maintain your stay there. Your futuristic prophetic place that you're going to be, you're being prepared right now. It's going to make sense after a while. The place in life, the things that you are trying to achieve now, whether it is to be spiritually, relationally closer to God, or financially secure, or even living at a greater level, of faith and peace the journey really didn't just start it didn't start when you got here at church today it started a long time ago wherein God was preparing you for your tomorrow the place that I call there I want to take a moment out I want to take a moment out for you really to focus in on what is your there Regardless of your present condition, whether you're hurting in your body, whether there's sickness in your body, whether you just left some trauma that threatens to take you out. Regardless of that, you've got to maintain your vision of your there in order to get there. I've often said, because I've learned in life, that the way to get to a place is to focus on it. You've got to look in the direction that you're going. Parents call it, pay attention. <laughs> you got to pay attention. Yes. 
you got to look forward stay focused that's another way of saying it I think in school they may say stay focused in order to get to that place called there because in reality it's God's will that you get to that place called there he knew there would be trouble that's why he anointed you he knew there would be trouble that's why he sent angelic help he knew there would be struggle that's why he put people in your life to encourage you God's plan is so awesome God has it together and the wonderful thing that I like is everything that I'm saying I can see it so clearly in the scripture not just in Joshua but when you go back Genesis and all of that God has a plan and I'm right smack dab in the middle of it I love it I believe that after a quick examination of where you are versus where you have come from, there is a significant difference and the place between the two is where we experience the challenges of life. But where you're going is not where you are. For soon where you are will be where you've come from, where you've been, and there's substance of merit that exists where you are. That's why, that's why, I, I might take a moment. To, can I take my time but be quick? That's why we ought not be a, in a hurry to get anywhere but always want to be on God's timetable. I've learned, you know, you know, when we were young, when we were kids, and everybody in the room was a child at one point, you ever remember how you couldn't wait till you got five? You couldn't wait, you couldn't wait till you got ten. And that's why I believe that's a part of the psychology, although children don't know it. That's why when you ask a child how old they are, they never tell you the exact number. They say, I'm five and a half. Or, or, or I'm going to be six my birthday. I didn't ask you what, how old you going to be when your birthday comes. It's because they're looking forward to the future and in a sense they're trying to rush it off. I wanted to be grown. I wanted to be a teenager. I wanted to be in my 20s. I wanted to be grown. And when I got grown, I thought about the joy and the carefree living that I experienced. <laughs> in my earlier years people of God don't rush any time away because there is something of quality in every moment that you live I know it sounds strange I'm just bizarre and strange sometimes I experience pain oftentimes I experience pain I'm not going to complain I experience pain and y'all are looking at me funny keep on living and I know that it sounds strange, but when I experience pain, it reminds me that, you know what, Joseph? You're still here on earth. Amen. You're still living. You're still breathing. I have learned, regardless of what I'm going through, to enjoy the journey. Yeah. There is something in every place that you are that God has for you to learn. Don't rush the moment away. Enjoy it. It's a part of the process of where God is processing you for. Uh, anybody, anybody still with me? 
There has been anguish in the journey, but when you get to that place called there, it's like, yeah, it was worth it. You, 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 man, I'm glad I went through that. It, oh, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have been able to handle this. If I, if, if I hadn't dealt with crazy folk back then, there's no way I could have been able to minister to sister so-and-so. Are you getting my point? If I never had that run-in with that group and that crowd, I could have never survived this job. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. The anguish of getting there. Mm. I want to share with you today just a few divine principles that I believe God was outlining for Joshua that will actually help us maneuver through the challenges that we all face, sometimes even on a daily basis. You know, I've learned that the, God, the word of God actually works. Yes, if you apply it. And that's why I always say it, I'm gonna keep it before you. Knowledge is not power. The application of knowledge is power. And so you've got to apply what, you, what you're hearing here, what you're going to hear here on today, what you heard on Wednesdays and Sundays and, and as you meditate on the word through the week, as you pray and so forth, it's going to help you get to the place called there. Look at somebody and say, pay attention. Pay attention. And so I want to share with you just a few Godly principles that I believe God was trying to share with Joshua and even so when we see those we we'll really find that they're the same principles that he shared with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with Moses, with Isaiah, with Jeremiah, <laughs> with Rishabah, with Ramford, praise God. Uh, uh, with, 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 what's your first name? Roberta, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank God God never forgets your name. I know who you are. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we have to keep these things before us. That's why I'm so careful now. I've learned now. I've learned principles. I've learned that when God speaks to my heart and he drops something in my spirit, don't wait. Don't fool around. Write it down quickly. And then go back to it. I mean, I, I have I, literally in, in, my, in my iPad and in my computer, I have a section called to be preached. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get to preach it or not, but that's where it belongs. And so every time God drops a nugget to me, my goodness, the stuff God be saying to me. I, I quickly, and that's why I'm so grateful for my iPhone or a smart device that I can put it on one device and it'll show up every, everywhere I have. It'll show up on my computer, show up in my iPad, show up in any device I have. And I'm quick to write that thing down. And sometimes I go back to that pastor and I say, like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Because God does speak to you. And you've got to record it. It'll bless you real good. And so... We said on last week that the book of Exodus, which is where we're coming from, or where we're launching from, the book of Exodus, uh, and well, we're coming from Joshua, but what I'm saying is the book of Joshua is actually an extension 
of Exodus. It is a continuation of the book of Exodus. Moses brought them out of Egypt into the desert, but it was Joshua who brought them out of the desert into the promised land. So everybody had to be ready because without a proper exiting, there will never be a proper entering. You've got to exit right in order to enter right. Somebody's gonna get that after a while. And so we're dealing with, uh, we're dealing with in today's text with the place that they presently are, which is called on the way, trying, expecting to get there. How many in the room are on your way? Amen. Trying, expecting to get there. Throughout this message, I want you to visualize you're there. Now, I know as I look out at God's people, there are multitudes of there. In fact, there are multitudes of there with one individual. You have many places in your future that you see yourself in. Many things that you want to accomplish uh, from, a, from a natural standpoint and even from a spiritual standpoint. You are both. You need both of you to be complete in God. Because you can have a spiritual assignment, but unless you continue to rest in your body or live in your body, you're not going to complete it. And so that's why it's so important today that we keep our bodies physically healthy. Watch what you put in your body. Because it has to carry you to the place called there. It has to enable you. That's why we have to take care of our own self. God cares about your body. I would that you would prosper in all things, even as your soul. God wants you to be healthy. Just a little side note there. Amen? And so I have discovered that in life, God does not wait to prepare or ready you for entry into your next level of blessings or promises when it's staring at your face. God always prepares us before. And here's a powerful thing. He doesn't generally tell you that he's preparing you. Amen. He doesn't generally tell you that the ouch that you just felt is necessary and relevant for the place that I'm bringing you. Because you've got to get over and through this before you deal with what's going to try and prevent you from entering into your there. And so that again is why we ought to enjoy the journey. There is a mindset that when the saints encounter things that you ought to continually have. In other words, when the devil is looking at you saying you're not going to come through me, you're not going to get to this, you're not going to get over this, this sickness is, uh, is, a, is, is, is unto death, you ought to just jump up and start praising God right there because number one, it was the devil that says it and he's a lie, he's a liar from way back. But you've got to speak those things, praise God. <laughs> the devil will never tell you anything great. If the devil say, girl, you looking good, you, been, you in trouble, you, you, you in trouble? If the devil says, all right, let me get back behind the desk because I don't want anything. Mm -hmm. But we ought to rejoice 
when we see these things. You know what? Actually, I, I can prove that scripture. Didn't the Bible say that when we see these days, you know, we, we need to rejoice because the coming of the Lord, his time is short. Praise the Lord. So stop getting sad and upset. Start praising him for what's on the other side of what you're seeing in the fleshly realm. Because you know it's better on the other side. So God does not wait to prepare us. He's preparing us right now. He is allowing you to go through this so that you can get through that. <laughs> So you say, Lord, why, Lord, why am I going through, why am I going through this? So that you can get through that. So that you can get through that, so that you can get to that. Keep your focus on the promises of God. I'm excited because I know where this is bringing us. Okay, so I said something promised. I said something powerful here. So let me make a case in point. God began showing the Israelites early on that he was God and that there was nothing impossible to them. They didn't know the things that they were going to encounter in their future. Right now, as I look out at God's people, you don't know what's in your tomorrow. You don't know the hell that you're going to have to overcome. But it's all right when it gets here because God will have already prepared you to endure it. And it's your mindset and heart set that will enable you to get through with ease. Ah, all right. God started early. He started even with Moses. Moses couldn't understand, first of all, why God would choose him. And then he couldn't understand how, how why would Pharaoh listen to me? I, I'm a murderer. I left Egypt running. I got out of there as quick as I could. Now you want to send me back? What am I going to do? Why, what if he tries to kill me? What if he tries to take me out? God says, what's in your hand? Uh, stink a rod. So throw it down. You know the story. It turns into a snake. And then God says, pick up the snake. Say what? Say, say what? Say what? You want me to do what? Pick up the snake by its tail. Didn't the word say that? It didn't just say pick up the snake. See, you got to know how to do a thing in order to be successful. And that's why you can't just hear God say, pick up the snake and you start running to get the snake. No, no. What else did he say? Pick up the snake by his tail. Because God will show you precisely how to do a thing. It's preparation before you encounter the monsters that are waiting for you. So listen to all that God has to say. And then he sends him down. And then he shows the people of God so that they would see and understand. All of this is preparation. The things that God has allowed to happen in your life. Folk talking about you. You thought they were going to take you out, but they didn't. You thought you were going to lose this. And you thought you were, you know you cried unto the Lord and he heard your prayer even though it, you, you didn't feel like it. But God helped you, and all of a sudden they began to see when Moses would declare this plague and that plague. Wow, God did that. They're learning that my God is able to weaken the strongest hold on my life. Until he got to the Red Sea. This is really powerful. See, there are impossibilities, and then there are impossibilities. I mean, who in the world ever heard of an ocean opening up for people? 
that's a natural thing. I can deal with a person. I can get me a stick. I can, I can fight. I can do that. But the ocean? But God says, I'm the God of the oceans. I'm the God of your impossibility. You may not be able to, but I can. And that's why from time to time, he says, stand still and see. There are times that God will show himself mighty and let you, hallelujah, be in the cheering stand, not having to fight. And then there are times that he will fight with you. Depending on your level of spiritual maturity and faith will decide when he will do what? So God allows sometimes craziness to happen because what you're going to encounter on your tomorrow is going to be craziness. Crazy is what crazy does. But as long as you're ready for it because you've been prepared by God, you can handle it. And so their backs are against them. This is all in preparation. What have you gone through lately that was an impossible situation? But God brought you out. God was using that to show you so that when you encounter that great challenge that's between you and your promise, between you and your prophetic future, you will understand that God's got this. And God didn't give Moses something new. Because what he had was still good. God's word still works. Hallelujah. He said, stretch out the rod over the sea. And the waters backed up. Wow, did you see that? Did you see that? And see, what God will do for you doesn't necessarily mean he'll do for others. In other words, when those that were chasing them, those that meant them evil, the Egyptians, he closed the waters up for them. Now, if God did that for you, wouldn't you be willing to run on with him even when you could see difficulties in front of you because you knew what he, he did that for you then so that you understand that he's still able to do it for you now. What he did for you on yesterday, he's able to do for you now. I come to let somebody know that he'll do it again. Look at somebody and tell him, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. And all of this was necessary and so powerful because it presents to you where Joshua really was today. But most of all, it should present to you where you must be today from the things that God has already showed you, for the things that God has already done in your life. It's in preparation for you to get to the place called there. But here's the lesson in all of this. Your faith, trust, and obedience of God's word activates miracles. I have one person clapping. What kind of mess is this? Clapping means I applaud that because it's for me it's good, it's powerful, it's true. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Here's the lesson all that he did for Moses, for Abraham, for Joshua. Here's the lesson for all that he has done for you. Here is the lesson. Your faith, trust, and obedience of God's word activates miracles in your life. I tell you, you walk in this in the power of this word, you're going to get to that place called there real soon. Praise the Lord. 
okay, okay, okay. I told you I'm going to take my time because when I stop, I'm just going to stop. Amen. I'm not rushing. Y'all not going to push me today. Another thing, this is all in preparation. See, Joshua lived through this. And you've lived through what you've lived. But you've got to look and listen and see what God has already done. Because he'll do it again. Regardless of how difficult the encounter appears to be. Watch this, watch this. You know, I love this, I love this. God will tell you to go to a place or God will tell you to do something. And then you get to that place and it seems like, what in the world? Why did God send me here? Ain't nothing up in here. I'm, I'm about to die here. <laughs> but you can't deny that God told you to go there. God's learning you something. I know that's not proper English, but deal with me. Look at somebody say, God is learning you something. Watch this. God told the people of God to go to Rephidim. They were still in the desert, still in the wilderness, and God is specific in his instructions to say, go to Rephidim. Didn't he say it? Go to Rephidim. Now, the name Rephidim literally means resting place. So, you would think that if God sent you to the resting place, what you gonna do there? Rest. Rest. Well, they were able to rest, but when they got to Rephidim, it seemed like everything wasn't up to par because there was no water in Rephidim. Now, I don't care how much rest you get, eventually you're gonna wanna drink some water. But there was no Rephidim, excuse me, there was no water there. So why would God send them to a resting place that it didn't have everything that they thought they needed? Because God is growing them up. God is trying to teach them something. And God did tell them. So all of y'all that say, when somebody say, or say God said that, he, God spoke to me and told me that you're supposed to so forth. Don't be so quick to write up. The devil is a lot. He ain't said nothing to me. God does not always consult with you for you. I know I'm in the word today. Praise the Lord. God does not always consult you for you or about you. And so we understand that place. There was no water in the land. But God was getting ready to show them another miracle. All they had to do was believe God, trust God, and believing and trusting is two different things. Believe means I accept what you say, I know that you're able, but trusting is when you commit your way that now I've got to depend on him to do what he says he's going to do. I know you believe it, but when you put yourself in his hands to deliver on his word. And obedience activates. It means that I'm operating in faith and trust. I'm doing this thing. And that's what releases the miracle. And so it was. So it was. See, see, now, now see, I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all, uh, I think it was last week or, or at some point, I told y'all, you got all kinds of people that will follow you, that will be around you, even that are in church. I think I said something about there's some hateful people around you. There's some hateful people that even come to church. And, and, you know, maybe not too many of them at a time, but I want hateful people to come to church so that God will save them real good. 
<clears throat> and so, you, you know, one of the things that really hurt me, but I wouldn't let the people know that it hurt me when they said, <clears throat> they said, Bishop, I can't, I can't go to that church because you got some mean people in there. That hurts me. But then what I want to really say to them, well, I'm sorry, they're like you. They're not all saved. <clears throat> Hello, somebody. God is still working with them like he's working with you. And number one, you don't go to church for them. So yes, there will be some mean, hurtful, and hateful people in church. You stop trying to run them away. Because they have a soul just like you. And if I catch you on the wrong day, you'll be cussing and swearing and smoking and drinking too. I know y'all don't want to admit it. You, you thought you was operating in the down low. But God is able to see down low. You're all right with me. I don't have a hell to put you in. But God does. <laughs> and so, now, now what I'm saying is, see, now there's no question, there's no question that God gave those people to Moses, that he put them in his life, and that he was supposed to bring them out into the wilderness so that God would teach them and prepare them. So, that they, so there's no question that these people were supposed to be with them. What do you do when the people that God gave to you turn on you and want to stone you? You've got to be careful that you don't kick them out, that you don't become what they are. You've got to show them what they are to be. Ooh, Joe Northfield is preaching the word the day he heard from the Lord today. You still got to be the example. And you're supposed to be the spiritually mature one. And where you come from is proof that you're able to handle it. Now all you got to do is handle your business. Look at somebody and tell them, handle your business. So what do you do when the people want to stand, want to, what do you call it, stone you because you're not giving them what they want? But you see, the power in this is that Moses knew who to turn to in the hour of his dilemma. He said, Lord, the people are almost ready. Check it out. He didn't say they're going to stone me. He said, the people are almost ready to stone. See, that's why you got to act at the appropriate time. You can't let things linger. You got to move in the flow of God before things become too critical. Now God has to raise you up back to life because they've killed and he's able to do it. Yes. But why wait till you die? Now I'm not necessarily talking about physical death, but character assassination. Yes. Your credit is obliterated. Why do you have to wait so long to hear God and do what he is calling you to do and what you've already experienced and you know now just act it out. That's why God calls us to be holy, not look holy. He calls us to be holy, not pretend or act holy. But be what I made you to be. Be what I called you to be. Learn your lesson. I'm preaching to somebody today. This will bless you real good. And so God gave him the instructions in his dilemma. 
And the thing I like about this is God has unconventional ways of blessing you. The thing is, we try to help God in figuring out how he should do a thing. Lord, got me out here with these million people. They are about to storm me because there's no water. Lord, I want you to send 300 camels bearing much water. Y'all looking at me funny. You know we try to figure it out and tell God to do that. But God has said, I'm bigger than a camel. I can carry more weight and water than a camel. There's nothing I can't do. Watch this, Mo. Watch this. I want you to take 12 men with you. Those that have faith. Those that walk by faith and not by sight. Take them with you to the rock. And then I'm going to stand on top of the rock. And I want you with that same stick that I gave you on the mountaintop. That anointed stick that don't look anointed. Oh, there's a message in that. The stick don't look anointed. You look at some of God's folks. They look a mess. They don't look like they have power to slay a mosquito. But when you start messing with them and they call on the name of Jesus and because they've had some neology and they've been in the face of God, there's anointing that won't wear off. Get those that have faith and let them stick around and get the 12 elders. Get, get them and come to the rock and I'm going to be over everything. I'm going, God says, I'm going to stand on the rock. Yeah. I'm going to be there for you. Then what I want you to do, hallelujah, I want you to make an impression in me. I want you to hit the rock. See, because the rock is Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Symbolism. God does everything with a purpose. I'm going to stand on the rock. He said, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I'm above all and I watch all to be sure to perform my word. I want you to make an indentation. I want you to make a mark. I want you to make an imprint. I want you to make an impression on the rock. Damn. Do <sighs> you know I love water? It's my favorite drink. I've had some good water in my life, but I've had some nasty water in my life. But I can imagine that that water was nothing like it because it came from the rock, which means it's pure, it's holy, it's clean, it's fresh, it's, it's vibrant, it's life-giving. But the point that I'm trying to make is this was a point of preparation for the people of God. They shouldn't have worried about what they saw over in the promised land, the giants and so forth. They serve the God that gives water from a rock. You serve the God that when everybody is contending for the same job, God says it's reachable. You serve the God, hallelujah, that the people said, you'll never be able to work in a college. What kind of man? Who you think you are? But God says it's yours. They said things about you, but God said something different. Yeah. Regardless of what you've been through, because I don't care where, well, I care, but it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've gone through. Hallelujah. Yeah. However bad it was, God is able to teach you something in that place that's going to help you for the place that he's bringing you out of there to get you into over there. That's the God I serve. Water everywhere. Water everywhere. 
I told you I'm taking my time. I'm setting it up. I'm not rushing this thing. I finish in a few. I didn't say few what. <laughs> One more. We're not even where Joshua is yet. That was 40 years after they started. All this time is learning time. However old you are, however old you are, God is teaching you something and everything that God teaches you is valuable. Watch this. The first time we hear the name Joshua, you would think that Joshua was a rookie and where did he come from? But the reality was he was ready, he was there, he was being prepared for the day that Amalek would come. He was, y'all gotta check his resume out. Joshua was a slave just like all the other ones to the Egyptians. Slaves are not trained in warfare. And if they are, it's not the real strategic good type of fighting because they don't trust them enough to give them the best, uh, the best skills because they're afraid that the slave might turn on them, whip them up, so they're not going to give them that. So these were non-fighters. Joshua was a non-fighter. The slaves were non-fighters. But watch what God will do. God will bring you out of the background when somebody was saying, who is he? Where does she go? Who do they know? I know God. You haven't just been sitting around. You've been going through stuff. You haven't just been lingering around. God's been dealing with you. God's been helping you. God's been putting stuff in you. And so here we are again in the place that God told them to go, the place called Rephidim, the place that they thought they was going to get nothing but rest. Rephidim means resting place. And now they got to fight. There will be fighting. Sorry, I know you are a peaceful clan. Can't everybody just get along and we sing a nice happy song? Don't worry, be happy. Can't we all just get along? But now, watch this, watch this. Y'all, do I have your ears? Watch this. Here's the key. It's not just the fact that they got to fight, and I did say they had to, because the group that was going to come against them, the Amalekites, Amalek, these, these were a tribe of people that all they did, they hung out in the desert, and every time a band of people would come, they would jump on them, kill them, take their stuff. They were trained warriors. They were the elite SEAL Team 6. They had it together. But watch this. Here's the thing you don't know. They were family to the Israelites. Ooh, revelation, revelation. Sometime you got to fight with family. And sometime God will fight family for you. Now, disclaimer, I'm not talking about shooting, stabbing, beating, cutting. Although that's what they did in the text. There was no shooting, but they were slicing and dicing. Punching and fighting. 
But the Amalekites was family. Distant family, but still family. You know distant family, you know like, like Uncle Jed, you don't want to claim him, nobody wants to claim Uncle Jed, because you know you have the family out and Uncle Jed come, you know he's going to get drunk, he's going to talk junk to everybody, he's going to eat up all the chicken, and then he's going to regurgitate the chicken. Y'all looking at me funny, everybody's got an Uncle Jed, well maybe I used the wrong name because that's not a name that's commonly known among us. <clears throat> He was family. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. Esau was Jacob's brother. That's right. You must know the word. You did one time. God prepared you just to come here today to announce that that was his twin brother. Family. Family. But they had to fight family. Because sometimes things can get ugly in family. But even though things get ugly in family, you still got to stand up and be counted for the Lord. Y'all remember the story? Amalek came out to take him out. But watch the plan of God. See, God is able to train you on the spot. He's able. There's nothing impossible to him. And God gave them the strategy. Remember the story? Aaron, her, you all go up to the top of the mountain and hold his hands up. And because I know his hands are going to get heavy, because see, you got to have this point. You don't want to do anything without the rock. <laughs> the Bible says that when his hands got heavy, <laughs> says that they sat they sat Moses on the rock when you're sitting on the rock everything is going to be alright when you're sitting on the rock it don't matter because your back is not against the wall but your back is on the rock
love this word. I'm living this word. I'm looking forward to finish this word. But it ain't gonna be today. Everybody stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. When you leave here today, I want you to remember and know that you're resting on the rock. See, God wants to teach you how to fight and rest at the same time. Because <laughs> you got to fight and you need to rest. And you're in the place called Rephidim, which means resting place. You got to fight, but you got to rest while you fight. It is a strange phenomenon. But when God is with you, and you're with God, you're able to rest while you fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Rest while you fight. What you doing, Joseph? I'm resting while you're fighting. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is calling you to be restful, but to stand on the rock, sit on the rock, lay on the rock, take hold of the rock until the rock becomes absorbed in you. Become until you and the rock becomes one. Hallelujah. And when the rock becomes one with you, then the fight is inside of you. Hallelujah. And that's when you can rest and fight. Fight and rest. What am I saying? It's going to be easy because you already know the outcome. Put your hands together.